Consumer sentiment had rebounded late last year to early part of this year, which had buoyed many people's hopes that the U.S. economy, the European economy, maybe the global economic system would be able to avoid recession. The thinking went that because high rates of consumer price increases, inflation, as many people want to call it, was responsible for the dour economic mood across most places, especially consumers who are getting hit hard in their wallets and their pocketbooks, as consumer prices began to recede late last fall, as Jay Powell once said a couple months ago, disinflationary processes were working their way through the system. Rising economic sentiment would lead to rising economic activity. And some took that a little bit further and said there'd be too much economic activity and it would restart inflation all over again. Now that hasn't happened. We've got some data about CPIs and PPIs this week, which suggests more disinflation, if not deflation than not. We also have consumer sentiment numbers that suddenly seem to have hit an air pocket, just like oil prices did a little over a week ago. And as uh, the University of Michigan is one of those, and as this, the uh, survey was released, the director of the surveys of consumers director, Joanne Sue, made the following quote that I'm going to read for Mr. Stephen Van Meter just for his reaction. While current, current incoming macroeconomic data show no sign of recession, consumers' worries about the economy escalated in May alongside the proliferation of negative news about the economy, including the debt crisis standoff. The implication being us dumb Americans, us dumb consumers are talking about a recession that isn't in the data that Jay Powell says don't worry about. So what are you people all worried and concerned about? Us economists with our econometric models, we're not worried about a thing. It's the classic disconnect between the economists in the ivory tower and what seems to be consumers who are picking up on real weakness. And this time it's not about consumer prices. Right, Steve? Jeff, you know, you've been doing something too long when I could predict, and I did not read this quote. I, I, now I've seen the survey results that were preliminary data from University of Michigan. As you said, they, they, they turned down. We'll get to the numbers in a moment. But when you said that what she was thinking, this was a reaction to, I'm like, oh, it's probably they're going to say the debt ceiling because we can't see anything else going on. There's, there's no, I said, no sign of the economy slowing, no sign that the stock market isn't shooting higher, no sign that perhaps the labor market is getting better. No, we're seeing an increase in initial claims. There, there's really nothing, but no, it's the debt ceiling because the average American is so keyed into how the debt ceiling will impact their daily life that they're going to report that to the University of Michigan. And no, I don't believe it at all. I think they are completely clueless when it comes to these reports because there is such a high degree of connection. When you see the market rallying, when you see initial claims following, inflation coming down, boy, consumer sentiment shoots higher because people are thinking, hey, my wages are going to go up and they're going up faster than inflation, which means I can go out and do a whole bunch of discretionary spending, which I love to do. But when wages are not keeping up with inflation and you're facing the fact is either you're losing your job or maybe someone you work with or know, you know, someone you know is facing losing their job, your sentiment goes down because you start to think you're the next person to go. That's what, in my opinion, the surveys really say. And I think that um, not just this one particular economist, but most economists that are optimistic, there are fair, there's a fair bunch of them out there who are probably more pragmatic and realistic and say, 
yeah, that we have a high degree of recession risk, but even that, we don't see it happening just yet. And I think that's one of the points that this woman was trying to make is that, okay, we, yeah, there's some weakness, but we don't see something consistent with recession. It's the same mistake that the NBER made back in 2008 when they said, well, we waited so long to call the Great Recession because we didn't see a whole, a whole lot of economic data that looked like a recession. And your, your response is the same as mine. We say, yeah, it doesn't look like a recession until all of a sudden it does. And in that transition period, you do see a lot of consumers that go from, hey, I'm a little worried to, holy crap, this is, this is really happening. And you could understand consumer sentiment indexes falling off because of rising consumer prices. That wasn't necessarily, that wasn't necessarily the worst recession type case last year. But when consumer sentiment which never really rebounded all that much, at least it was moving in the positive direction, suddenly just hits a, hits a wall and falls off. And it wasn't just the University of Michigan either. It was also investor, Investors Business Daily sentiment fell off too. Let me give you the numbers here. Uh, the University of Michigan was 57.7 for the month of May preliminary, uh, preliminary estimate. The forecast was 63. So economists and analysts were expecting that it wouldn't be down all that much from April. And April was still a relatively low level, but at least moving in the right direction. 57.7 was the lowest since November. The expectations index, 53.4, which was down from 60.5 in April. And again, analysts were only expecting it to fall to around 59.8. So it's not that it just fell a little bit from April and started to roll over. It rolled over and right off of the cliff. Uh, the Investor Business Daily, or IBD tip index, that one was similarly down more, almost seven points, 41.6 from 48.2. Um, and again, somehow analysts were expecting that one to rise in May rather than fall, lowest since November. So it's one of these signals. And again, we see this throughout history is cyclical changes. Yes, you and I, the regular consumer, have a better handle on small e economics than all of these economists who are looking like Jay Powell at the CPI, at the unemployment rate, and saying, well, we don't see anything coming. Yeah, Jeff, I, I keep saying I need to get some new glasses. And I, I don't know if, if the Fed has prescription eyewear, but I, I, I've got to go buy it because clearly I'm not seeing things the way they're seeing it. Maybe it's Kool-Aid they're drinking. I don't know because, you know, you start, you know, I want to go back to your comment is they can't see a recession until you're in one. And, and I, I was trying not to laugh because I was reminded back during the global financial crisis when Janet Yellen said, I don't see a downturn in the housing market when literally there was one imploding in her former district. I mean, it's like, hey, it's happening. Nope. I'm looking at the data. I don't see anything. Literally fire and buildings crash. Everything's going wrong. It's like literally in her backyard. But, you know, what I think matters here when we talk about, you know, consumer confidence is when consumers are confident, they spend. And that's the bottom line. The more confident I feel, the more I want to go out to dinner, buy that new car, take a vacation, you know, do something for my kids. You know, when I am feeling less confident and I think the outlook is getting bleaker, which that's what the data suggests, then my desire to spend goes down. And then that then in turn leads to the second problem, which is rising unemployment. You do have to wonder how much of this is just the act, right? Because as you said, Janet Yellen, she's not an idiot. She's not a dumb person. She's not evil, but yet they have to pretend that everything is fine. And if they go too far in that direction, 
you know, trying to infantilize the audience, so to speak, treat us all as children as if we can't handle bad news. If you go too far in that direction, you really ruin your credibility. As you say, I mean, here we are how all these years later, subprime is contained and all of the major statements from 2008 that turned out to be laughably false. But it's not just that. I mean, policymakers obviously understand that we're in a precarious situation. So they're going to tell us that everything is fine. But on the, at the same time, they do ha- take, uh, take into account their macroeconomic models. They do see that, hey, the unemployment rate's really low. So maybe that actually does mean something. So it's a combination of not being able to look ahead because all this data looks behind. At the same time, their inclination is to downplay all the risks as if they're nothing. Let me ask you about this too, Steve. This is It's not just about the macroeconomic economy. Something I've been talking about, especially this week, is downplaying the banking crisis. Because all of a sudden, this week in particular, we started to hear the term short sellers. Oh my God, the short sellers. The reason we're talking about PacWest, like the First Republic before, because of these dastardly short sellers who are coming in, creating a ruckus and trying to profit how dare they try to profit off the chaos they, they create? And it's another way for policymakers to try to say, well, if it wasn't for these stupid evil, evil speculators, everything would be just fine. So in one part, that's their job. But another part, I, how much do they actually believe that too? Yeah, Jeff, a lot of this is just a confidence game. I mean, you start to look back. It wasn't long ago when the the Fed and, and Jay Powell came out and suggested that, hey, we think there could be a second half recession. Like we, we we're just we're kind of seeing some things align. We're a little concerned about it. And what happened the very next day? The White House comes out and says, we don't know what those idiots over there are talking about. We sure don't see anything. Look at the data. We've created all these jobs. And when then this is that and here and there. And so, man, we're really not sure. And you can only imagine that I know I'm suggesting that President Biden called up, you know, Jay Powell himself, but I'm going to bet, Jeff, that somebody or somebody's picked up the phone and called him and said, hey, don't you ever do that again. Because you, you, if enough people believe something bad is going to happen, they will react accordingly with their spending. And that's one thing, because the economy is just so diverse and so dynamic, we could see in the data that, hey, it looks like we're headed to a recession, but it doesn't guarantee we're heading into one. Because next thing you know, there could be some surge of spending or something changes. But if enough people start to believe that, hey, the banks are going to actually, could, could more of them could fail, or the economy is going to hit a recession, what is the natural expectation? Is I'm willing to start saving money, and I'm going to start repositioning money. Hey, if that bank's going to fail, money out. And if the economy is heading recession, I might lose my job or I might not get some raises or whatever I'm expecting. I got to start saving money, maybe even pay off my debt. That's not what the policymakers want. You know, you, you remember this. There was one Fed uh, member of the Fed, and maybe a former member, uh, when he said that at the time, he said, if everyone would just go and pull all the equity out of their home and spend it, the economy would boom. And it's like, yeah, you've kind of got it right. If everyone would go out and spend and pull down all this inventory that we're talking about as being a problem for so long, that, yeah, the economy could turn around. You tell everyone it's not going to happen. They will react accordingly. I think that's the game. I think they really deep down know but nobody wants to admit it. There's always that fine line, right? Because if you're in an economy that's or a situation where these the where it's really sort of weak, but on on the you know not really it's on the fence. 
you could say, well, then maybe the psychological manipulation game might have an effect because you're right. You don't want to do anything that would make the situation worse. That's the first rule of any central banking, at least any modern central banking is don't say any. I mean, that's what Alan Greenspan was talking about. Fed speak. Don't say anything that could be used to, to tip the economy or the financial system over the edge. But that, that's only an issue if you're kind of balanced on the edge and it could go one way or the other. What we're talking about is we're so far beyond the edge that the chances of avoiding a recession have nothing to do with convincing consumers or businesses that they need to spend a little bit more. You're right. It's ridiculous how if everybody just spent all of their savings, we would be fine. But that's the kind of thinking that goes on in some of these places. And yet we're the ones that are supposed to be economically illiterate compared to these geniuses who have all of these plans and these 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 tools that never seem to work because they're not going to work. And another data point I want to talk to you about, Steve, small businesses, the NFIB index. It wasn't just consumers. The NFIB optimism index fell to 89 in April. So this is last month from 90.1 in March. So not a huge decline in April, but 89 was the lowest since January 2013. That was lowest. That was lower than at any point in 2020. So small businesses like consumers had the optimism ticked up a little bit with consumer price pressures and producer price pressures coming down. But now we're, it's rolling over again and heading lower. And it's not because of transitory disinflation. It's because small business owners like consumers can feel that this is not about emotion and manipulation or it's not really about feelings. It's about an actual economy and an actual global economy heading in the wrong direction, maybe quite quickly. Yeah, and that's a big concern, Jeff, because when we look at a lot of the big businesses, we know, uh, you know we can look at the data and see that a lot of the tech companies overhired, and, and it makes sense that, okay, that they would need to trim off some of their employees. But what have we been hearing from small business owners? You can't get labor, can't get qualified labor, can't get labor to show up to work, can't, can't, I mean, need to raise prices so I can raise wages, you know, can't get educated workforce, can't get my people back that left before. I mean, they were just so labor constrained, but they were also telling us very clearly, look, we have the perception that demand here is pretty robust. Now, what we knew, though, and this is what unfortunately happens when you see inflation go up, well, eventually it comes through across all the metrics. Rents go up, electricity prices. You look at all the things a small business owner is going to spend on, and a year or so into a high period of inflation, it's going to impact their bottom line. They're going to have to raise prices, and what they're hoping for is that demand stays robust enough that, hey, we can pass this on to our employees and you know, raise their wages and everything will be fine. But when that doesn't happen, which we kind of suggested was going to, when your inventory levels aren't coming down and you're facing higher costs and your revenues are falling, you have a serious problem that only ends with one answer is you have to cut employees because you can't cut anything. I can't, well, I think I'll just move next door and get lower rent or I'll, I'll renegotiate this. Like you could do all those things, but there's only so far it will go. And the fact that we're hearing this from small businesses, kind of what tells me what we're seeing in the weekly unemployment claims is not just a one-off, it's actually the beginning of a trend that's going to get worse. And as you're saying, if you're expecting revenues to fall, it's one thing to say, I've got to hold the line on my cost because I'm iffy on revenue. It's another thing to say, I've been struggling with my margins to begin with, and now revenues are going to fall off. You're right. I have no choice here. I've got to start cutting workers. I've got to start taking drastic actions. Otherwise, 
I'm the one that's going to be cut. My business is going to fall out. Of, it's going to it's going to go out of business. And one final point. A net negative 5% of owners said that inventory stocks are too low, which means for the first time this cycle, they also say they have too much inventory. So we've got business condition projections going down. We've got future sales projections becoming negative. We've got inventories now too much. Yeah, what do consumers and small business owners know that economists don't? You know, that's a good point, Jeff, because what's concerning about this, let's let's now marry the University of Michigan data to the NFIB small business data. So what are we hearing now? And let's talk about the future, not, not you know, because day to day things can change. But small businesses, you just said, outlook over the next six months getting worse. What does the University of Michigan say? Same thing, because this is called consumer um, expectations of the future. It went down a whole bunch. And so that's it's not telling us dead ceiling issue. That's saying, look, we're going to be spending less. And business owners are now saying, hey, you know what? We think they're right and they are going to spend less. And what's notable to me, Jeff, is this week we got the crude oil inventory reports. I know we like to talk about those as a potential leading indicator. And we saw big draws in gasoline and distillates, which would suggest that, hey, there's demand going on. And boy, crude oil prices, they went tumbling down. They haven't recovered, which suggests that the market doesn't even buy that last week's draw is going to stay and continue as a trend. And this is frightening because all the data now is really starting to tilt and not saying that we're in a second half recession, that perhaps something worse is coming even sooner. It's not just consumers. It's not just small business owners. It's also the markets, oil markets, bond curves. In fact, the only part of the commentary establishment, the only the only people who don't see it coming are the economists and policy. We can all see it coming. We can all tell it's developing. And everything that has happened over the last couple months makes you more or less likely to believe it's going to get better or worse. This is not about sentiment. This is about reality. As always, thanks, Steve, for joining me. Um, again, economists, they're the last ones to know, which means policymakers, maybe just before that, right? That's right, Jeff. I uh, can't see next week's show coming, but um, I'm going to make a whole bunch of predictions about how great it will be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Take care.